0: It's dream come true, man, to have this opportunity. The biggest thing for me right now is just being able to, to take it in, soak it in, enjoy it with my family, and, and get to work.
1: Tungabaloa, surveying the field, fires end zone, touchdown! Blitz coming, Fitzpatrick throws, touchdown! Devontae Parker! 32, Rosen looking underneath, nothing. there, he's going the outside, he's got a man wide open, touchdown, that way to him and now goes down the game holy smokes welcome in Finn's fans to another episode of Fin it to win it brought to you by the blue wire podcast Network and bet online my name is Riley Bradshaw along with my co-host Mason Inglehart as always you can follow us on social media at Finnet to win it we're on Facebook and Twitter so interact with us on there and Mason I think before we kick off, today's show i want to just say a quick thank you to everyone who has supported the show so far downloaded the podcast on your major podcast platforms apple Podcasts, spotify bluewirepods.com and everyone that's helped us launch our social media really get it off the ground it's been great interacting with fans on facebook and twitter at finit to win it. so thank you all so much i think with this show going forward mason as we build this thing We really want to build a community around the show, right? Like we want to get the fans involved. And as we continue to grow, we're going to do that more and more. So thank you everybody for the support. There's a lot of great Dolphins podcasts out there, and we're just happy to be a part of the community and really get this thing launched and off the ground. So thank you so much. We have an exciting episode tonight. So from here on out over the next couple of months, at least one show a week, we're going to be focusing on a position group for the Miami Dolphins. Now that the dust has settled on the NFL draft and free agency, I mean, there's some, there's still some big name free agents out there, Mason, but I don't see the Dolphins really being major players for those free agents. So I think unless, <laughs> unless real quick, and I don't want to get off too far, Larry Warford, um, he is now available, the Pro Bowl guard from the Saints. I'd love to see the Dolphins go after him, but we'll get into that in another time if things materialize there. But we're going to be looking at the current roster, breaking down the depth chart, what we like what needs improvement, and really digging into the players in that position group. And we're going to start off today with the quarterback, the most important position on the field. Obviously, they made a huge splash with their first pick in the draft, bringing in Tua. And how fitting, after Mother's Day, Mason, Tua buys his mom an Escalade right before he signs that four-year over $30 million (laughs) million contract with, what was it, $19 million signing bonus I got my mom, I don't know about you, Mason. I got my mom a $50 gift card to Outback. So I'm feeling pretty crappy right now <laughs> as a son.
0: Now, well, Riley, Riley, you got me beat. I got my mom two ferns to hang up outside, two hanging basket ferns. Now that is that is what she <laughs> wanted. That's what she wanted. So I was the smart son. I got her something she asked for. But yeah, we definitely did not go the tour route. And we didn't go with the luxury automobile or anything that outrageous, but congrats to him. That's awesome. Uh, We're not in the stone age anymore, Riley. We're not in the stone age. We don't live in the time anymore in the NFL when it was actually rare for these top first round picks to make it to camp on time. So it is nice and reassuring this time of year to know these rookies are going to report on time. And just what a great gift that Tua can give his family. We know the stories and everything that's come out of his college career, how family oriented he is. Um, you know, how he puts God first in his life. It, it is really reassuring just to see him kind of give back to his family so quick as yeah, he is sure. now officially a Miami Dolphin.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, we're starting to see the rookie signings starting to pile up, especially for the Dolphins. I know uh, Kinley signed, Raquan Davis signed just after Tua signed, uh, Curtis Weaver signed. So they're starting to officially put the pen to the paper, which is very exciting for Dolphins fans. And Mason, I don't, I know that we were talking before the show and I think this is fun and I want to get into it before we really start breaking this down, uh, the quarterback group. But I know I read online earlier that Tua is not just number one in Jersey sales, but oh, I believe yeah. he's one and number two, or at least he's, uh, in the top three for both the home and away Jersey that just shows you the magnitude of this draft pick bringing into a, to the dolphins
0: historic. Yeah. I, oh, 100%. I saw that earlier today, Riley. So about a few hours ago, you're correct. Tua was number one and number two. Do you want to take a guess what jersey of his was number one? What color?
1: Uh, the Aqua probably for sure.
0: That is correct. So Aqua was number one and then the Dolphins white was number two. Now the top 10 is kind of wild when it comes to jersey sales. Now one thing I will say is I'm, I'm going to kind of quiz Riley on this. I asked him before the show, you know, he knew number one and he knew Tua was probably number two as well. So he got that correct. But can he name some of the other top 10 in jersey sales as of now? Now, I will give you a little hint because this is going to be kind of tough. You have to think after the draft, most jerseys that are going to sell are NFL rookies, right?
1: That's what I would pick, especially the quarterbacks.
0: Okay, good, good, good. So with that being said, who do you think is number three on that top 10 list as far as jersey sales right now
1: uh i don't think it's a rookie i think it's going to be tom brady because of that new buccaneer swag that came out i'm going to guess joe burrow's top five though and i don't know if i don't know if any of the other guys love or herbert are going to crack the top 10 they don't have the name recognition the celebrity status that the other two have so i'm just going to go with burrow as the only other one in the top 10 but i think tom Brady's definitely up there too all right, that's pretty good. So
0: Herbert was in the top 15. I believe he was 12th, so he was up there. Some other okay. rookies, uh, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, they were in oh, the top yeah. 12. as well.
1: Yeah, Cowboys for yeah. sure. Yep.
0: Yeah. but you hit the nail on the head. Tom Brady not only is number three, he's number four, number five, number six, and number 10. Uh, and the, the reason obviously Dear he's under so much – Yeah, the reason he's on there so much is like what you just mentioned. The Buccaneers have all that swag coming out. I had to actually look up. This is pretty sad. I had to look up what color pewter was. I was almost positive it was like a kind of a gray or charcoal. uh, But I had to look it up because when it said the number three jersey is Tom Brady's pewter alternative Buccaneers jerseys, I was like, okay, pewter, what color is Is that? Is that not the old school color? No, that's not the old school one. The pewter is like a it's it's like one of their newer alternate jerseys. It's kind of like a uh, kind of like a, a a middle of the road gray, but it, it looks pretty good. But uh, then we have Tom Brady white for the five is the Tom Brady red six is the other alternate red one. Now I was surprised about this. Rob Gronkowski is on there twice. Oh, I'm not they- surprised at all. I'm a little surprised just for the fact that just right as of now, he's in the top 10. I figured Joe Burrow would have maybe two jerseys in the top 10. He is in the top 10, though. He's at number eight for the Bengals' black jersey, which I actually like a lot. I think that's a sharp-looking jersey. Um, And then you have Tom Brady, number 10, too. So a ton ton of bucks on there, but it is awesome to see two of one and two. And like you just said, It really shows the magnitude of how popular he is in South Florida, how Dolphin fans are already embracing him on the team, and it just really gets us excited for the offseason as we see his popularity rising throughout the nation.
1: Well, Mason, I'm glad that you brought up so many Bucks on that list because I do think obviously Tom Brady coming to your team, they're going to sell a ton of jerseys. Gronk coming to the Bucks, going to sell a ton of jerseys because of their names, but also they're going back to the more old school look. They're getting rid of those newer uniforms, going back to the early 2000 buck look, which a lot of their fans were um, huge fans of. So I think that's a message that needs to be sent to upper management of the Miami Dolphins. We want the throwbacks and we want them permanently. (laughs) I think that's been the biggest message, Mason, since we started our social media channel of what people want. They want the throwback uniforms and they want them permanently.
0: And it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins do move to that, maybe not permanently, but with the passing of Don Shula. Should be all year. It, 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 I agree. It should be all year. But with his passing, I could easily see them playing in those more and more. And they often do that now. It's not just once a year. There's several games a year where they wear those um, old school white jerseys or aqua jerseys. I think they're awesome. And I agree with you. To bring them back would be fantastic for the entire year. It
1: just shows you, Mason, the buzz, the excitement around the a pick. It's a pick the Dolphins had to make for so many reasons, but just to inject some some life into this fan base. Finally give the fans something to get excited about. And that's, I think that's a good segue into tonight's discussion because we're going to talk about the quarterback group. And I wrote down my first notes, two words that came to mind when I thought of this group and a way to approach as we look at this group. My first word is hope. So that comes, connects directly with the Tua pick. Obviously, you can see it in the jersey sales, the interaction on social media, just the excitement around the team after bringing in a quarterback of Tua's caliber. My second word, I'm not sure some Dolphins fans will be fans of, and it's patience. So hope and patience. And that's going to be a theme of, you know, at least my opinions on tonight's show, hope and patience. And that brings us to our first topic, Mason. All right. So you got Tua now. We know about the health concerns. We have Ryan Fitzpatrick under contract for another year. He was very successful after coming back from being benched that second half of last year. So if Tua is healthy, what do you do with him? Do you play him? If you do play him, when do you play him?
0: So Tua time has been the popular expression said all over. And I do think it is Tua time, but it's not Tua time yet. I would be extremely surprised if Tua starts a season for the Miami Dolphins at the beginning of the year. And it's not a good sign if that happens either. Last year, as you mentioned, we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick get benched. Josh Rosen came in. It didn't quite work out. But the reemergence of Ryan Fitzpatrick towards the back end of the season really showed what kind of leader he can be for this team and what kind of leader he can be for Tua to get him up to speed and get him NFL ready as he's still getting used to uh, the offense still getting used to the speed of the NFL because it is a lot different in college. And he's also nursing those injuries, making sure they're getting he's getting 100% back to health. I mean, Fitzpatrick, he finished in top 10 in QBR, and that says a lot right there. To start off the season as poorly as they did, and it wasn't all his fault. He was running for his life all season. It was very common to see five to seven sacks a game for that offensive line for the Dolphins. But the way he finished the year, how poised he looked, In the pocket at times, how he can use his feet and his mobility. I think the Dolphins, and we said we've said this in different podcasts before. I think the Dolphins are really in a great spot because they didn't have to bring in somebody new to start the offense at quarterback. They have somebody established, someone who is that alpha male dog mentality, where he has the team behind him. He's going to speak up when he needs to speak up. And that is a lot in the NFL. If you can get the respect of your teammates in the locker room, you have to roll with that. I'm really fine with Fitzpatrick being the quarterback to start the year. The bigger question, I think, Riley, is when do you pull the plug and when do you insert to the next season?
1: Yeah, it's a good point. So after being benched and reinserted after week six, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, he throws 63%, 19 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. You mentioned he was 10th or 12th um, in total QBR for the rest of the year moving forward. Here's a stat that I think is key, especially with the current situation of the Dolphins. He ranked 13th in completion percentage while under pressure. And I think a lot of factors go into this, Mason. So in our previous podcast where we broke down the schedule, we kind of threw this in there a little bit, a little teaser of when we expect Tua, and I want to get to that in a second, but this offensive line last year for the Dolphins ranked dead last in so many categories, I got sick of writing them down. They obviously obviously made a lot of adjustments on the line. You could see potentially, Mason, five new offensive linemen at starter for the Miami Dolphins this year. So I know me personally, I don't want to see your number five pick who's coming off a dislocated hip and countless other injuries. The one knock on him, you know, in college, was he's injury prone, the last thing I want to see you do is rush this guy in when there's really no need to. I mean, let's be realistic here. I think the best that the Dolphins are going to finish this year, they could shoot for 10 wins, 9 wins, maybe make the playoffs, depending on how the schedule rolls out. I see this more as a 500 team in the second year of a Brian Flores rebuild. I have a lot of faith in Brian Flores. I like the moves that they've made so far. But on the offensive line, it takes time. It takes chemistry, cohesion, man. And I don't want to throw Tua in there, even if he's at 100%, if this offensive line is not meshed together. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm not saying I want to just throw him in there to the dogs, but he's proven. I mean, he's been in the league long enough. He knows how to operate under pressure. I just mentioned 13th in completion percentage while under pressure. He was sacked, though, 40 times last year. I don't want to see Tua sacked 40 times.
0: (laughs) No, no. Building him that brick wall is going to be key. And you said this at the beginning Patience. That's going to be the key word. And I agree with that 100%. You can't rush to in there. Some Dolphin fans might be like, oh, listen, if he's healthy enough, put him in there, he'll learn as he goes. But he's not a big guy. He's not going to be able to withstand hits as some other quarterbacks in the NFL, like a Big Ben or a Cam Newton. He's going to need that protection. Week, I easily four new starters on that offensive line to go in the offseason. When we cover the offensive line later this summer, Riley, we'll talk about that more in depth, but there's going to be a lot of pressure on Tua when he starts his career. He already has the number one and two top selling Jersey right now in the NFL. I would love it. If you can sit back, learn that Chan Gailey offense and just feel comfortable. We talked about how if things are going bad for the dolphins, there's below 500, the playoff hopes are kind of out of it. If there's a time in the year where he feels comfortable and Brian Flores and staff are fine with inserting him into that offense, I'm fine with that. I am not saying he can't play next year, but I would feel so much better if halfway through the season he starts his Dolphin career than at the beginning of the season with there's being so much new things to the offense, new offensive coordinator, many new offensive linemen more than likely. There's going to be a lot of new things, and to have Fitzpatrick starting under center, I feel more confident. Well,
1: that's the key, Mason, okay? The pressure that's going to build up, and it's not that the coaching staff gives a damn what the fans think, because they don't. It's upper management putting pressure on the coaching staff to get to an end of the game because, you know, the upper management cares about what fans are saying, what fans are thinking. So if there's kind of a domino effect here. The fans are getting anxious because we know We've seen it already, number one and number two in jersey sales. Dolphins fans are excited to see Tua. And I think if you start slow, especially we talked about it in our schedule breakdown, that October slate, it's a rough one. If they go winless, a three-game losing streak here in October, get off to a rocky start, it's going to get harder and harder to keep Tua on the sideline if he's 100% healthy. Brian Flores needs to stick to the plan, and especially – I'll say this too. Ryan Fitzpatrick, while he's a great mentor, he's a great leader. He's obviously a veteran. He's been around, but he's a very inconsistent quarterback. We've seen the highs. We've seen the lows. We saw it last year. Started off the season, what was it? One touchdown, five interceptions, got benched, came back, was a top 10 quarterback in the league. We don't know what Ryan Fitzpatrick we're going to see. So if you're losing and Ryan Fitzpatrick's not playing well, that's going to add a lot of pressure on Brian Flores to keep two on the sideline even if it is the right decision and the best decision to do. And I'll say this, Mason, what I would love to see the Dolphins do, if they do play Tua next year, is a Patrick Mahomes type of situation. Now, I know the Chiefs were in a lot better spot than the Dolphins currently are. They Just put a Patrick, little bit. Yeah, <laughs> they put Patrick Mahomes in because they had clinched a playoff spot. But he sat out, he learned behind Alex Smith, who I think is a very similar kind of quarterback to Ryan Fitzpatrick, a great bridge quarterback, great mentor, great person in that locker room, I see a very similar situation here. Let Tua sit until the last couple weeks of the season. If you can make it there, I think that would be great for his for his acceleration in terms of learning the playbook, getting comfortable, uh running the offense, learning behind Fitzpatrick and not throwing him to the Wolves when you don't know if he's a hundred percent yet. And if the team's not doing well, why throw a major investment, the future of your franchise to the Wolves behind a young I mean Mason. A young offensive
0: line. They may be starting two rookies at tackle this year. We've seen it so many times in the NFL when a high a quarterback is taken as a high draft pick and they start the season for a bad team and their career never gets started. I'm not going to go uh, through. Josh the Rosen, names, but you know what? It's funny you said that. I'm not going to go through the names, but ding, 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 we have a winner, Josh Rosen, who we'll talk about in a second because he's still on the Dolphins depth chart and. He plays a very crucial role to me, so we'll get to that in a second. But we've seen it time and time again where quarterbacks get thrusted into an offense they're only familiar with by a month or two, and you have to play into fact what is going on in our society right now with COVID-19. Teams are probably not going to be able to practice the way they're used to practicing as a whole entire unit because unlike basketball and some other sports, for the NFL – you have 60 70 guys in that roster before cuts that's a lot of people and if we cannot get them all in one place at one time these rookies these offensive linemen and our rookie quarterback they're going to have to adjust without being around some of their teammates in a face-to-face interaction that's something else you really need to think about when it comes to when is playing to the right time and real quick riley you mentioned this last show A great time to play Tua would probably be after that bye week if the season is going rough. They play the Jets again, who they just played last week, in that crazy niche to the schedule we talked about. How nice would it be for him to see the Dolphins play a team, study that, get an extra week to get ready for it, and even though it's a road game, it's at New York, I believe, after the bye, it would still be an awesome opportunity for him to make his first NFL start. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see what the cards play with that. There's so much that goes into the season. But I'm glad we're on the same page. Even though it is to a time in Miami, we don't need to rush it.
1: Completely agree. So talk about that schedule real quick. Obviously, it's weird. It's unprecedented for the Dolphins to play a team back-to-back, especially division rivals. While I'm very happy that they finally have a bye later in the season, could you at least given us a bye and then played like, <laughs> you know, the Chiefs or the 49ers or something. We had to play the Jets back-to-back who going into the schedule release I was very confident that the Dolphins are in good pos- a good position to sweep the Jets this year. That's going to be a lot harder to do I think playing somebody back-to-back. It's just you know especially in, well I don't really know in football because nobody freaking ever does it <laughs> but playing a team back-to-back I have to feel like is a lot harder than if you play someone at the you know beginning of the year, you know go through your schedule a little bit, then they come back around towards the le- uh, later part of the year. So I do think if you are going to throw Tua in there, you play the Jets at home, you have that week off, then you play the Jets and the Bengals. Throw that different wrinkle in there at the Jets, you know, try to get Fitzpatrick through that game, that original game versus the Jets, then you get Tua prepared to play the Jets. So it throws a whole new dynamic at them when you go up to New York and then you launch him into that game versus the Bengals, which I'm sure all football fans want to see. They want to see Joe Burrow versus Tua. I think I would, you know, while I would like to see Tua sit out as long as possible to get his feet under him, to get accustomed to the NFL game, I would be excited to see that game. But I think if you're going to make the move, you want to try to center around the bye week, considering you're playing the same team twice and the bye week is later in the season.
0: You know, Riley, if I was a betting man, which I am, I would bet that Tua versus Burrow does happen because of where it is in the schedule. And if we're being realistic, what the Dolphins are dealing with next year with such a young team and so 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 young at so so many important positions, it's gonna be tough. And you know, Riley, speaking of betting, there's no NBA going on right now. The king there's of no the NHL. segue. I love it. There's no MLB. <laughs> you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong, Riley. And actually you'd be dead wrong because I actually bet on some Korean baseball the other night I won't tell you how I did but I had to record the games at 4am I won't get into that but our exclusive (laughs) partner at It to win it bet online they still have hundreds of events games and props to wager on from their online casino to poker blackjack they're bringing Vegas to you so if you're missing the NFL like we all are right now there's no problem bet online actually has live NFL Madden 20 simulations you can bet on you can still bet on survivor big brother American Idol. Stock prices and even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, all open 24 hours a day and they're all online. So if you go to betonline.ag and use this promo code, use it, use this promo code, listeners, Blue Wire. That's Blue Wire. If you use that promo code, Blue Wire, join today and you receive a new welcome bonus. So bet online, your wagering online solution. Now, Riley, I said he was going to play a crucial part. I'm curious to see how much we're going to agree with this because so, so far we're pretty much in agreement on a lot of things in the quarterback situation. Josh Rosen, I feel like is going to play a big, crucial part for the Dolphins next year because right now the Dolphins, they're Eden they're crow. Their draft picks they gave up for Josh Rosen, It's he's not been producing much. Last year his stats were abysmal. Uh, I think he had one touchdown, five interceptions. The games he did play in, he did not make an impact at all. To his credit, he was behind the worst offensive line in the league, and he's been through so many offensive coordinators. He's not really gotten developed into a certain system. Well, guess what? This year he's got a new offensive coordinator in Shane Gailey, and this year he's probably going to either be second or third on the depth chart. They may li- list to a third just for him, what he's going on in his situation. But my question to you is this: Riley, the Dolphins are going to have a dilemma to make. Do they hope that? Rosen just shines in the off season, plays awesome in preseason, and try to trade him. Do they do that, or do they hold on to him just in case we have an injury bug? Knock on wood in Miami with Fitzpatrick, and we can't play Tua right away.
1: The enigma of Josh Rosen. There you now, go, Mason. When you look at Josh Rosen, you really break him down. There's strong arguments on both sides. If you're pro Josh Rosen or if you're anti-Josh Rosen. Me, personally, I I was in favor of the second-round draft pick to get him. I thought, why not? He's a top-ten draft pick. He obviously has talent. Let's see if they can develop him. He's gotten screwed when it comes to offensive coordinators. Listen to this, Mason. While at UCLA, he had three offensive coordinators, and now he's on his fourth offensive coordinator in the NFL. Mike McCoy was fired his rookie season, replaced by Byron Leftwich. We all know O'Shea was fired after uh, last season. Now he has mm-hmm. Chan Gailey. Four offensive coordinators in two years of the NFL going into his third. I mean, you can't expect anybody to really produce under that. I mean, that's literally learning a new system every year that you're playing. So that right off the bat, he is getting screwed. But there's no reason not to keep him. He's owed a little over $2 million going into this season, almost $3 million next year. So... You know, he's still on his rookie contract. We hold him for two more years. He's relatively cheap, so I don't see the reason to, um, unless you're worried about, you know, him going up against Tua. But honestly, I think we all are of the understanding that Tua's the guy. Tua is the future, and I think Josh Rosen probably knows that. But man, Mason, (laughs) I mentioned the offensive coordinators. But God, you come in, you're a 10th overall pick, and then the Cardinals draft Kyler Murray first overall. You go to the Dolphins, a fresh start, and then they draft Tua with the fifth overall pick. This guy can't catch a break.
0: It's a cruel game, Riley. This is the NFL. This is the big league. And this is what happens. If you cannot make an imprint early on, you get passed over.
1: But let me make a, let me make the pro Josh Rosen argument here. And I already started with the offensive coordinator thing. And you mentioned if you can't come in and make an imprint. Over the last two seasons, the two worst offensive lines, can you guess who they've been, Mason?
0: Hmm. This is not a trick question. (laughs) Well, Dolphins. Correct. Cardinals.
1: A plus. You get it. So he was sacked 45 times in 2018, 16 times in 128 dropbacks in 2019. That's a lot of sacks. That's a lot of confidence that you're losing every time you get sacked. Every time you're changing offensive coordinators. This dude's, Self-esteem has to be through the basement floor right now. I mean, how can you even have confidence in yourself going out there when you can't even grasp the playbook? We saw it last year. He was having trouble with Chad O'Shea's uh, concepts and philosophy. He was inaccurate. He only posted one QBR of over 70 in 16 starts since he came into the league. Of every quarterback with over 100 pass attempts in 2019 – Rosen had the highest percentage of throws charted as uncatchable, 32%. His completion yeah. percentage over the last two years, 54.8%. 53% in Miami. That's just unacceptable as a quarterback. So obviously the pressure's getting to him, the pressure on the field when it comes to the pass rush and the pressure off the field when it comes to learning the new playbook. This guy needs a total wipe of the slate and just a start over, a redo when it comes to his career in the NFL. So I'm not really sure he's damaged goods at this point. Why trade him? If he plays well in the preseason, if you get a offer that knocks you off your feet, okay, I get it, take it. But he's got talent and he's under control for two more years. So I don't see why you don't hang on to him, at least for this year, to help bridge from Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is only under contract for one more year. So we don't know what his status is going to be going into next year, if he's going to be retiring from the league if the Dolphins are going to want to bring him back so we don't know all I do know is we don't want to go into next year with Tua as our only quarterback on the roster
0: and that won't happen Riley I think we all know that and you make a lot of really good valid points and I agree with all of them essentially to come into the league and to have so many different offensive coordinators and to be with like you mentioned two of the worst offensive lines in the league first with the Cardinals then with the Dolphins you're not giving yourself much of a shot. We've seen it before with other quarterbacks. Alex Smith comes to mind to me when he was drafted by the 49ers. He had a really rough go with it. One of the reasons... just well, kills your psyche. It kills your it psyche. Does. One of the reasons was, was the team was bad, but offensive coordinators kept changing. It was like a carousel. It was like a revolving door of offensive coordinators. Eventually, when he got settled in a system, we saw what Alex Smith can do. I'm not comparing Alex Smith to Josh Rosen. That's just one of the many examples that I want to use to support this because with Josh Rosen's situation the dolphins need to get some investment back or some something back in what they invested into Josh Rosen to get him in draft night a year ago right now they don't have anything invested in him they don't have anything returning in what they invested in Josh Rosen his role for this team is simply going to be sitting there prepared and waiting if he has to come in because something is going wrong with Fitzpatrick. I don't see how Rosen's going to be one on this depth chart at all bearing injury. Really, really, really tough decision. I think if the Dolphins though can get an opportunity to send him to a team to get a fresh start, they may need to do that, but they're going to have to bring somebody else in because it can't just be Fitzpatrick and Tua because once again, not to beat a dead horse, but if we rush Tua into this situation it could do a lot lot more harm than good.
1: I mean, Mason, when you Google Josh Rosen, you'll get countless articles of insert Blake team should pursue Josh Rosen for backup role. So there's a lot of teams out there that or at least a lot of beat writers that think that teams should pursue Josh Rosen as their backup quarterback. I know he's been linked to Dallas, the Falcons. I mean, there's so many teams out there, the Saints. There's so many teams out there that he's been linked to as potential landing spots if the Dolphins were looking for trade partners. But I just don't get why you would trade him. He's no threat to Tua. He's really no threat to Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know that he has no future on this team as the starter, but you have him under contract for two more years at a very cheap discounted price he's still on his rookie deal and he's a top 10 at least talent wise get him some consistency for crying out loud under Chan Gailey and see what he can do it's a simpler concept of offense a lot of RPOs a lot of one read and go it really fits to a skill set and Fitzpatrick has played twice under Chan Gailey but see what Josh Rosen can do under this system Ch- Chad O'Shea's was a little more complex reading a lot of things at the line you're not going to get that as much with uh, this offense with Gailey so let's see if let's see what he can do let him sit as the backup quarterback this year maybe he comes in for some fill time if Fitzpatrick goes down or if the game's out of hand see what he can do in terms of his trade value through the preseason and if he gets any playing time during the offseason and then ship him off next year if you feel that that's the move you have to make there's no reason to
0: ship him off this year And it makes plenty of sense. I know they're just rumors, but it makes plenty of sense for these already established teams with quarterbacks like the Saints or the Cowboys or the Falcons to want to take a shot at Josh Rosen, because if he can turn into anything worthwhile, they can have him sit back in the wings and wait for these already established quarterbacks to retire or possibly to get to the age where they don't need him anymore. And if Josh Rosen's ready, boom, you plug him in. So it makes perfect sense for these teams to be looking carefully at what he does this off season. And if the dolphins get a great offer, I think they may need to think about pulling the trigger, but I agree right now they have nothing to lose with keeping him on the roster. It's just extra support there at the quarterback position. And right now, you know, it is a pretty thin position with what the dolphins have. You know, you have an almost 38 year old starting quarterback. You have a rookie who we're going to want to protect as much as we can. And then you have Josh Rosen who, let's be honest, had a dismal season last year.
1: Yeah, a 38-year-old quarterback going into the year that's on the last year of his deal and a rookie who is a phenom, but a phenom with an injury history. So you need the depth. Josh Rosen's there. He's cheap. He's got talent. Why not just sit tight? Unless a team blows your socks off with an offer, I would not actively be pursuing
0: a trade with Josh Rosen. And I'll say this, Riley, the last seven, eight years, the Dolphins have not had something, and that's competition at the quarterback position. I'm not saying there's a competition right now going on, but players thrive under that competitive nature. And the one thing the Dolphins really failed at with Ryan Tannehill when he was their quarterback for so many years is they never gave him competition. Tannehill was a very average quarterback for many years. They never wanted to draft another quarterback that he could compete with. They never wanted to sign a free agent he could compete with. He was their guy, so they went with it. I hope Josh Rosen takes this challenge this offseason and he works his ass off and he tries his best to get as good as he can to be for this offense. So there actually is a competition between him and Fitzpatrick. Competition is a very healthy thing. So I'm hoping there is a quarterback competition this offseason. I hope it's not just a runaway Fitzpatrick is the guy. I hope Rosen looks sharp enough where the uh, the coaches have to say, okay, wait a minute. Is Josh Rosen the starting quarterback for this team week one against New England?
1: his career's on the line. Fair or unfair, how these past two years have gone, his career is now on the line. And he knows he has no future as the starter in Miami. So yeah, he's going to be playing his tail off to at least try to get, uh, if he's not the starter, at least get some snaps when he can for the Miami Dolphins to really show teams what he's capable of. But Mason, this all really depends on the offensive line and how they mesh Over the next couple weeks, we're going to be breaking down each position group, and I'm really excited to talk about the offensive line because we did a social media post, what was it, a week ago now, where we talked about who would your starting five offensive linemen be, and we got a ton of different answers. We have depth, but I don't know if we have the starter quality at this point. Like I mentioned, we might be going into this year with two rookie offensive tackles. So it may not matter who the quarterback is. It may be a struggle early on as this Offensive line creates chemistry and cohesion, but I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's the guy. Josh Rosen right now as your backup, and then Tua waiting in the wings. He's your future. He's probably gonna get at some point later this year, but as of right now, it's best for him to regroup, get fully 100% healthy, and learn behind a veteran in Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right, I think that was a pretty good breakdown, Mason, of the quarterback. So. Next week, I think, what do you want to focus on? Let's do wide receivers. Why not? We're going to go through every positional group, uh, offense and defense. So maybe next week we'll tackle the wide receiver group. Check us out at BlueWirePods.com. Any major podcast platform, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show. So we appreciate you helping us spread the word as we get this thing off the ground here at Finnit to Win It. Thanks for following along, Finns fans. Check us out Facebook, Twitter, at Finnet to Win It. For Mason, I'm Riley. Until next time, fins up, everybody. Hey there, Dolphins fans. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fin It to Win It. I want to take a quick second. To recognize one of our sponsors of today's episode, Blue Chew. Guys, are you looking to last longer, go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com today. BlueChew.com is the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician, it's free of cost, and once it's approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE.